Hello, everybody. Let's start with Dice Envy. Everybody loves dice. If you're a tabletop role-playing gamer, you know you love fresh new dice, and Dice Envy has them by the spade. Check them out at DiceEnvy.com. If you use the link that is in our show notes, any purchase you make using that link will get us a small part of the purchase price, and we'll be able to use that to help improve the show. DiceEnvy.com. Use the link in our show notes. Also, BattleBards. We are partners with BattleBards. And we will be using some of their sound effects in our show today. Check them out, BattleBards.com. If you sign up for a Prime subscription, you'll have access to their sounds. You can stream them, set up soundscapes in your online soundboards. And if you use our special code of STACK, you'll get a 20% discount on signing up for that Prime account, BattleBards.com. Catch us on Twitter and Instagram at Stackadice, stack.o.dice at gmail.com, and our wiki is vardalon.fandom.com. The question I'd like to start out with today is, if you were to cast the other members of this podcast as characters in a D&D game, as in Meredith, Michael, and Thane, what class would they be? And the catch is, you cannot use what they're playing right now. <laughs> I don't know what the other classes are, or the other races, uh, or that's anything. That's a good point. Not, not yourself, the other players. Yes, and so you can't pick Mystic. <laughs> you can't pick Mystic for Michael. You yeah. can't pick Cleric or Paladin for Thane. Uh-huh. Stink. That's hard though because he's two things. He's multi-class, so that just gets rid of two for him. That's mm-hmm. right. So let's start with Thane. All right. So for Michael, I would probably, I would probably make you a monk or sorcerer, one of those two. For Mom, I'm thinking ranger or fighter. And for dead, I'm thinking wizard or warlock. Is there a reason you chose what you did? Well, dead, you just you just seem kind of like the intellectual type for that kind of stuff. For mm. wizarding and warlocking and other ings. Uh, Mom just seems like a very down-to-earth, down-to-business type person. And that's kind of what... Well, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and she loves camping. She loves camping. <laughs> <laughs> and being <Yeah>! outside. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, ranger or fighter just seems to kind of fit that. Mm-hmm. And then for Michael, I just, I don't, I don't know. It just, just feels right. All right, Meredith. Well, okay. For Michael, I had, I'm thinking rogue. Why is that? Really? Because <laughs> he's so scoundrelly and so rascally okay. and All right. funny and silly and whatnot. <laughs> Okay. Um, for Thane, uh, I'm thinking sorcerer or wizard, but they're pretty close. Yeah, the sorcerer just kind of has innate magic. Yeah. And the wizard is more learned magic. So I was actually thinking maybe sorcerer for Thane and wizard for you. And Thane could maybe one day be a, a wizard <laughs> when he's learned and stuff more. But right now he's just kind of, he has a lot of natural ability. That's true. And just kind of, you know, draws on his natural talents mm-hmm. right true. now. He is, he does like to read a lot and stuff. So eventually he might be a learned wizard, but you've already had, you know, 30 plus years of reading and learning and absorbing. So you're already at wizard level. Michael, what you got? So for myself, I said, I'm just joking. Um, I would, I would say that Peter would be, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Second time. <laughs> um, I would say Thane would be a wizard. He's definitely a wizard because 
he's going to be getting in there trying to figure out all aspects of it and accumulate all this knowledge. I, when I think of Thane, I think of someone who's, who's like that. And uh, yeah, so for Meredith, I would see a bard because I just can picture her walking around humming and like strumming a guitar and stuff and constantly singing and all this other stuff. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that for you, I'm thinking more of like a druid. Um, I can I, I can see you walking around as a priest of old faith and calling upon lightning and 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 and, and fire magic. Offenders. So yeah, nice. So I had picked cleric for Meredith. Huh. Wrong. Strong okay. in faith and and <laughs> you know very uh, very convicted about the way things should be. Mm. Okay. I can see that. For Thane, I had either a rogue or a wizard. Mm. Mm. And I think of the two, I would lean toward wizard. Because I have no coordination. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what to say. <laughs> and for Michael, I had bard because when I think of rascal and rapscallion, I think of a bard. <laughs> okay. And you just say things to, to amuse people a lot. Either purposely I or not purposely. Yeah, I don't think it's on purpose. It's just... <laughs> but it's just part of your charm. Yeah. So I, I really saw a lot of <laughs> I saw a lot of fun in that. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. As we continue our ongoing 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure, I am Rhett, the DM, with me as... Meredith as Tyr Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Benson Mom. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. I almost said Wamberbash as Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Last time, our party had seen across the Sea of Fog in a giant crater in the middle of the jungles of Rahajmanoth, the Red Castle in the Clouds. But it was in the middle of a giant fog-filled crater, and so they had to make their way down into the relative darkness of that crater, make their way through, and along the way they ran into some unexpected company, and finally emerged at the top of the central outcrop of stone, Spire, where the red castle in the clouds is perched. Where did we end last time? You ended at the gate into the fortress. Okay. And I'll, I'll reread that here just so that you remember it. The last shreds of fog melt away, and your eyes are almost overcome with the brilliance of what you see. Around you, seemingly stretching away from your feet in all directions to the now distant rim of the massive crater, the shrouding fog fills the bowl like a white sea that hides the eerie ruins and muffles the sounds of the creatures that live there. The heat from the sun in the unmarred blue sky above beats down, driving the chill of the fog out of your bones. For a moment, before the dampness is fully gone from your skin, it feels marvelous. Until it's back to the oven-like temperatures you were in before entering the crater. Here, on top of the central hill, great walls of red stone stand silently, their massive blocks stretching upward as though in worship to the sun. A single gate pierces the tower-studded walls. So that's where we left off last time. Who's ready to tell a story? Me. I am. Me. So you are standing at the gate to the Red Castle in the Clouds. 
Uh, is there anything you want to say or do? Open sesame. <laughs> you have seen in the distant end of this courtyard area, you, you had seen the disc blip out of sight. Mm. I guess Peter's going to start running over is there. It, is it a gate like with iron bars and no, stuff? No, it's open. Oh. It's open. Blast. Uh, it's, I was like, Tira's going to grab the bars and be like, we need to get in there, but never mind. You pass through the shadowy gate, and just for that brief moment, you feel a little coolness, but then you step right back out into the heat. Inside the courtyard, the oppressive silence seems amplified in the day's heat. The very light shimmers before you, kind of the way it does in hot temperatures. Various buildings fill the open space, but the most notable is a large, flat, pyramidal shape at the north end of the fortress. So directly opposite where you are is this huge, flat-top pyramid. An archway yawns disturbingly in the structure's red face, and within the pyramid's outer walls, inside a little courtyard, you can see a tall, unmoving figure that stands in a column of light. Peter's going to make his way over to where he last saw the disc disappear. Okay, so that is up the steps to the pyramid. Gotcha. Okay. Can my um, warthog go in there with us? or Your hyena? Hyena, yes. Yeah, he can accompany you. That's only like an hour or something like that, I think. What do we name him? Bernard. My ruling was uh, the creature vanishes at the next dawn or when it's reduced to zero hit points. So, uh, yeah, basically he's with you until... The next morning or he's killed about, about what time it is it's about noon right now the sun is directly overhead there's no real shadows <laughs> in this courtyard Yikes. and it it feels like you've wandered into one of just a, a lazy village almost where nobody is inside everyone would be out of sight there's there's nobody in the courtyard here uh, there's just a, mm-hmm. a, a feeling of pervasive silence and stillness hmm. that picks at your senses and Peter Peter begins striding across the courtyard toward the pyramid okay towards the doorway where the mm-hmm. slender man is standing <laughs> Tira oh I was I, well Peter's already walking away I was gonna say man I don't like it here I will say that the size of the blocks of stone is impressive to you mm-hmm. but maybe that's about it yeah um it does, nothing occurs to me or I don't notice anything about it that's odd in the construction or that gives a clue as to what it's doing here or what. It looks like it was a fortress built for protection and maybe it was made to uh, to provide shelter for the people that used to live in the valley. Construction-wise, you notice that it's a dry construction. There's no mortar in between. Mm-hmm. The, it's just the weight Gravity. of the blocks. Exactly. In that regard, it is impressive to you and to wonder how in the world they got these blocks. Some of them are taller than Peter. I mean, these are tall (laughs) blocks of stone. Some of them are taller than you. (laughs) 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 These must weigh tons each. Mm -hmm. And to think the kind of labor that must have gone into getting them up here and then hoisted into place. Yeah. uh, It's really impressive. Um, I guess I'm just going to continue after Peter trying to... Make uh, make our way to where Thump disappeared. You catch up to him in a few strides. Yeah. Womberbash? I'm just trying to be as still as possible on top of Bernard and uh, just kind of like flopping along on, on Bernard's back. Yeah. I'll say that Bernard's sides are kind of heaving from the climb up the slope and 
you can feel the dampness underneath you from where he's really I can't sweating. If I put my clothes back on, or if you I'm did still, not. Yeah, I'm still naked. Okay, you, that's you fine. put on your your mantle, or oh, yeah, yeah, you put yeah. on your robe, but, yeah, not, but not anything going, else. Okay, all right, that's fine. Yeah, so you're definitely feeling the heat radiating up from Bernard, uh, but you just kind of nudge him forward, and he walks in. He doesn't stride or lope or anything. He's mm. just making a, a very Minimal effort movement. Do, do I anticipate a possible attack? Like, I, I'm a little uneasy because we are basically flanked on either side by tall, like, people could shoot arrows. Like, am I sensing anything? Do I? Why don't you roll me a perception check? Hmm. It's a 23. There is a deep sense of ancientness here, but there is no real feeling that anybody lives here anymore. Uh, in fact, you see scraggly, spindly weeds that are growing out of the doorways of some of these buildings. Uh, there are no footprints in the dust. There, it's Aside from those of Kabir, who has preceded you, you don't see any sign that people have been moving around in here. Why would Kabir come here? There's, there's nothing here. I just don't understand what that triangle thingy is with the light. Wait! Isn't this... I, I'm remembering something. Guys, we need to get Thump. Come on. We do, I know, but this... How did, how did we end up here in the very place that we were trying to get to? Doesn't that seem odd to either of you? Well, we can figure that out later. Come on. Where are you Bossy going? Bossy boots? Yeah, where are you trying to get to? Trying to get our friend back. <laughs> well, be quiet and get there. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, saying that as I'm, I'm, I'm saying that as I'm going across... Peter, I'm going to say that you were the first one to take the steps up. And Tira, you're right behind him. You make your way up the broad, shallow steps, and you go up maybe 50 feet, and you arrive at a flat area, a portico. It's a large, square platform. Ahead of you is a statue of a tall figure that has proud features. And then at each of the corners, this is going to be a little interesting to describe, uh, on this large platform, imagine that each of the four corners has a walled-off room. And going from front left, back left, back right, front right, each one gets a little higher than the one before it, and they're all connected by ramps. Okay. And so basically you have what looks like four rooms that eventually lead up to the roof of this pyramid. What is it? Who is the statue of? It doesn't look, no like, doesn't look like anybody that you know. And there's no markings on it. There's no real markings on it. There's no words or anything on it. Uh, it appears to be well clad in all sorts of war gear. Off to your left, where that first room is, there is a doorway leading in, but the doorway is shut with a piece of stone at the moment. Does it look like I could move it? You can certainly try. Well, there's nothing in here, Peter. This is just a statue. And I don't see Thump or Kabir anywhere. Let's try that door over there. Yeah, I'm going to try to open the door. All right, so I'm going to go over and I'm gonna exam examine the stone door. It looks to be very solid. You can't really tell the thickness, but it looks like a substantial piece of stone. And it looks like it's the kind of door that drops down. So it's, it's gravity. And then maybe there's a mechanism that causes it to rise again inside. Mm -hmm you can hear just the faintest hint of motion. There's something moving in there. We need to get in here. I don't see a lever or anything. There is no external lever. Uh, 
Okay. Mm. Is there enough gap to get your fingers underneath the, the door a little bit? To, yeah. yeah, anywhere around. Like be able to lift it up? It's flush with the floor of the doorway. So there's no real way to lift the door from the outside. Or anywhere around the frame. No, it's it's a tight fit, and it was obviously crafted with exceptional craftsmanship. Well, I have stone cunning. I, I can't see. I'm looking at it pretty intently. Uh, is there anything I notice about how to get this, how this door might open? As you're looking around the door, you do see a small aperture to the right of it that seems to look into the room. All right, I'm going to look through the okay. hole. You can see only darkness beyond. Uh, but as you lean your face down there, you feel kind of a puff of cooler air come out. Mm-hmm. And you can also hear the motion, the activity a little bit more. There's got to be a way to get in here. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm scanning my sheet trying to be like, what do I have? Yeah. I uncork my bottle of dust of dryness and throw it all through the hole. How's that going to help? It, it won't. I just want to use it. <laughs> Save it. We might need it. Okay. Um, Peter... Sadly puts the bag back. Yes. <laughs> it's dry enough in there, Peter. Trust S- me. Sad paladin sounds. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my axe, like, what am I going to do? Chop it with, with my axe? It's just going to dull the blade. Uh, my light hammer is going to make absolutely no, in you know. There's a rumbling sound, and the door begins to rise. Wait, what? <laughs> Out of nowhere? I'm going to jump down off of uh, Bernard and kind of, like, head over to the door. Uh, I'm going to pull out my panavis and have it ready. The doorway is too narrow for your giant hyena to fit through. Bernard! Okay, uh, Tira's kind of jump back in surprise and uh, simultaneously pull out her axe, I guess, standing at the ready. Okay. Who did that? How did you do that? I swing up the bottom of my panavis uh, to where I grab the bottom uh, uh, handle with my left hand, uh-huh. and I'm going to crouch down and kind of like gaze into the <gasps> gaze into there a little bit just to kind of see what's going on. What can I see? Okay, he's in front of you. Oh, out of the way, Wamberbash. I can see better than you. Wamberbash, you don't really make anything out. The brightness outside is affecting your ability to see in. I'm going to spend my last two side points and don a tough hide. Okay. I'm bone dry as far as that's concerned, but at least I got plus two on armor class. Okay. And Tira shoves past you. Yes, I do. Looking through the door. You haven't gone through yet. No, I'm just like in the doorway, I yeah. guess. So looking through... You can make out what looks like a bunch of almost like pedestals scattered around this room. There is an oculus in the ceiling. So there's an opening in the ceiling that lets a shaft of sunlight come through. And that helps because you're able to see that there are things on each of the pedestals. Do I see any people? Because I heard movement. Or do I see anything moving? Off to your right as you're looking into the room. You see a, a flash of motion, you see the glow of something, and then a crunching sound as a door on the right wall of this room He's heading up crashes down. Room. Is it a stone door? It's a stone door. You guys, I think we... <laughs> <laughs> there it is! There it is! <laughs> you guys. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> hey, you chums. <laughs> Dude, we need to get in there. Um, oh my goodness, I done the Dragons podcast where we all talk like surfer dudes. All right, Bash, Peter, 
I heard and I, I heard motion. I saw somebody moving. I think that Kabir, I, I saw a glow, right? You said a glow of light, mm -hmm. a glint of light. I think that Kabir and Thump are headed through this room into the next one because I heard a door crash down just like this one as he went off to the right. I think he's heading up to the next room. Come on in here. There's pedestals and, and some things. I think if we can figure out, there, I think the, the key to opening these doors is in here. We need to get in here and figure this out. Is there dust on the ground I can, where we can see things that might have moved or, or been pushed along the floor? It seems to be fairly dust-free. I mean, it's not dust-free, but there's nothing that really gives you that kind of level of detail. I'm going to put my axe back okay. and kind of creep forward to the nearest pedestal okay. and see if I can see what's on it. Absolutely. Uh, so Tira steps in. Do the rest of you follow? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You step into the room, and there's a whimper from Bernard as you leave him there. You see his nose pressed down, but then as soon as you step through, the door slams down here. You can hear him whimpering still through the little aperture next to the door. Tira, you are standing in front of a pedestal that has a helmet sitting on it. But let me read this description for okay. you. As you step into the room... Large flickers of reddish-yellow light appear around the upper walls, starting opposite you. Directly opposite you at the ceiling level, uh, you see flickers starting, and then it kind of spreads to the right of that. Going around the, yep. the ceiling? Yep. Okay. The shapes are interesting in their geometries, each perhaps a foot tall, and appear two or three feet below the ceiling. They hold their forms for a moment, then begin to flicker in and out before your watching eyes, writhing and wriggling into different forms before eventually becoming letters that you can make sense of. Once they seem to fall into recognizable letters, they stop flickering. They maintain a constant bright glow, still in a reddish yellow, that adds extra light to the room. Two things are immediately apparent in this new light. First, you now see a message that wraps from wall to wall around the upper part of the room. Here's what it says. The great king spoke from his hall of war. Hear, O children of the great king. Soft fall honeyed words, but heavy falls the sword thereafter. Woe to the ruler who, though great in honor, quails at the sound of the trumpet. What better friend is there than sword and helm and soldier? And woe to him who chooses for battle that which is unfamiliar. Oh, dear riddle. <laughs> also, the increased light reveals a number of stands that radiate outward with irregular spacing from a mannequin that is in the middle of the room. The mannequin is empty of anything. On each stand rests a different object that reflects the light in the room. And so as you stand and survey the room, you see all sorts of different things. You see helmets, you see breastplates, you see arm guards like bracers, you see greaves like shin guards, you see sandals and swords. I mean, these are all just kind of placed on pedestals throughout the room. So let me read through the, the things that are on the pedestals again. You see a collection of helmets, breastplates. I, I wrote down van braces, but bracers for your arms, greaves for your shins, sandals, and swords. This seems like a riddle. Something we're meant to solve. Seems like we have to put the right stuff on the mannequin in order to be able to allow to be pa to pass. I suppose so. That seems the most likely. Peter's just going to walk up to the nearest helmet 
and put it on the mannequin. Wait, wait, wait stop! Wait. Before uh, you, Peter, yeah. Before you do that, I mean, can you see if like they, one was picked up recently? Like, are there fingerprints on it or like smudges of dust? Let me get out my forensics kit. <laughs> All right, As- I'm not talking to you anymore, Tira. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. N- more importantly than that, though, the riddle says if we choose. No, wrong. unfamiliar. Yeah, yeah, unfamiliar and wrong. I have a feeling something bad's going to happen, and we don't want that. We need to get on as soon as possible, but we need to do this right. A boulder comes out of nowhere and chases us yeah. down the hallway. <laughs> I'm going to roll to see if I can tell if certain ones were used other over others. Okay, give me a perception check. Uh, that's Let going me look. to be <laughs> 10. Okay, what you can tell is that each piece, because you pass by one, maybe you're standing next to another one, each piece on every single pedestal seems to be covered in a generous coating of oil mm. to help it withstand the ravages of time. There's and nothing that really stands out as having been moved recently. Hmm. What if I put my own sword in the mannequin's hand? That's fairly familiar. Okay, go ahead. All right, I'm going to take out my katana and put it in his hand. It sits in the mannequin's hand, doesn't do anything. All right, well, that's only one piece, though. Don't you have a helmet? I do have a helmet. Let me put that on. I'm going to take my helm of whoever and put it on his head. Tira, you're taking out your helmet? My, my, yeah, the, the um, helm of telepathy. It perches on the mannequin's head and just kind of slides a little bit sideways. Well, that's, that's helm and sword, but what soldier? I'm going to slap this, the mannequin in the face. No, don't do that. I'm gonna take off my mantle. I mean, not my in my um my what you call it tunic. Your robe. Your robe. My, my yeah, my robe thing, and I'm gonna put it on top of the mannequin. It drapes there again. It's just kind of askew. It's going the opposite direction from the helmet, so it it looks very tacky and sad. <laughs> well, wow, that wasn't it. <laughs> you described me exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Okay, well, that's clearly not what we're supposed to do. Okay, well, I'm, about to put I'm your not clothes familiar back on. with any of these things. I'm just going to lay a hand on each item and see if I get struck by some kind of divine epiphany. Hmm. Well, while he's doing that, I'm taking my helmet back. Okay, you take your helmet. I'm taking my katana back as well. Katana, your robe. You take all your gear back, and then Peter, you just kind of meander. Uh, is there a specific? pedestal you want to choose or not really i'm just starting with the closest one there is and kind of just going along okay roll me a d6 three okay you put your hand down on a set of van braces and then roll me a d4 four when your fingers brush the oil on the van braces There's an immediate burning sensation in your fingertips. joy. And if you would please roll a constitution saving throw. Nine. Okay, you fail. Go ahead and roll 2d4. Three. You take three points of damage immediately. Your fingertips blister with the contact with the oil on this. Peter, what happened? It's not this one. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. 
<laughs> owie, 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 owie. <laughs> Very good. Uh, okay, so we can't just go touching anything we want because if it's not the right one, it's going to burn us. How many helms are there? Looking around the room, you see that there seem to be five pedestals with helmets on them, but they're of different shapes. Peter's already looking at the next pedestal. Two of the helmets seem to be conical. They come to a, they, they're kind of round, but come to mm-hmm. a point. One of them has a crest on it, kind of like a centurion's helmet. Mm-hmm. And two of them have flat tops to them. I was going to go over and take out my robe, my fancy robe that I bought and, and how much above. And uh, I'm going to use that to actually pick up the helm with the crest uh, so I don't touch it with my fingers. And I'm going to put it and, and put it on top of the mannequin's head. Okay. If you can roll me a percentile roll. Seven. Okay. You pick it up. You can feel its weight underneath your hands, and you bring it over and set it on the mannequin's head. And kind of like the like Tira's helmet, it just kind of sits there. Okay. What other things look like uh, this style? Well, here's what I'm thinking. We need to look for... This is maybe a desert... Warrior of some kind. I'm not sure you would you would wear a big flat topped helmet. Jungle with, with, warrior with the with the sun on your beating down on your head. It's really hot here. I mean, maybe the conical one would make more sense. Well, there was two conical, two flat, and one one like crest. crest. I took the one with the crest. Yeah, I don't think the, the crest. Yeah, I don't think the crested one's it. I have a feeling that when we find the right pieces, they're gonna fit on him just so, and something's gonna happen. <laughs> From outside the room, you can hear Bernard whimpering. It's <laughs> not helping us at all. <laughs> Bernard! Is there, is there a uh, sword that looks sort of like Roman-esque uh, that would go along with this? What's um, Roman? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, looking around the room, you see uh, four pedestals that have swords on them. Two of them are straight blades and two of them are curved blades. The curved blades, are they more like kopeshes? Are they more like sabers? Are they more like... Uh, I think scimitar. Turkish, it's okay. a, a slight curve to them, but not like not like a kopesh where it has that deep bend on it. All right, so the two straight ones, what are the differences between the two of those? They look very similar. Uh, one of them, maybe the hilt is a little longer and fancier. I have a feeling we're forgetting an important clue in the in the riddle from around the you're thing. You're welcome to look at it at any time. Yeah, I'm going to look back up at it. Uh, is, is, and the mannequin has two hands, correct? Yes. I'm going to pick up uh, both of the swords with a piece of cloth. Roll me your percentile dice. Percentile dice. 85. Okay. You pick up one sword and you roll for the other one. 81. Okay. You now have holes burning into the fabric of your robe. There's a sizzling sound, and uh, if you'll roll me a percentile die again, actually, give me a dexterity check to see if you can drop this quickly enough before it burns you. I cannot. (laughs) Okay, uh, the fabric almost melts to your hand, and then your skin on your palms of your hands begins to blister immediately. Drop it, Bash, drop it! Okay. That's not it! So, maybe the helm is correct. Because the helm I what that I picked up did not do it react. It looks like it looks like the helm might be correct because when Peter picked up a helm, it burned his hand, and when I picked up the helm, it didn't burn my robe. 
but when I picked up these swords, it burned through my robe, so the helm must be correct. Maybe. It's hard to tell. Um, no, no, no. It takes I time. Just, I just said what was correct. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> you know. Otherwise, it would be extremely inconsistent. And so... <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking we need to have another look at this riddle around the top because it's more than just pick the ones that go together. There was a whole story there. I'll read it again. Thank you. The great king spoke from his hall of war. Hear, O children of the great king. Soft fall honeyed words, but heavy falls the sword thereafter. Woe to the ruler who, though great in honor, quails at the sound of the trumpet. When danger presses from the jungle's dark reaches, what better friend is there than sword and helm and soldier? And woe to him who chooses for battle that which is unfamiliar. Something about these honeyed words. There's something in that. Is the soldier the soldier or is the king the soldier? Because the king is the one speaking, and so the crest helm would be more so of a kingly helm than the other two flat top and the other two uh, conish ends. I suppose... Conan's. <laughs> Conish hands, okay. <laughs> He's a dad, you know. Yeah. It just feels like we're missing something or we're thinking about this wrong, but... You hear whimpering from outside. <laughs> Bash, go back and see what's wrong with, with Bernard. I can't. The door's closed. You can look through the hole. All I did see is his nose. Well, you... What do you want me to do? I don't know, but it just seems like there's something going on out there that he wants us to to look at because he keeps mentioning that the thing out there is whimpering. So something's wrong. Don't metagame. <laughs> either that or either that or he's trying to distract us. <laughs> it's a plot. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> All right, so um I'm gonna oh, it could be that I picked up two swords and not just one. Maybe. So I'm going to uh, reach down and try to pick up just one of the straight swords, not the one with the long... The how? Long... With your blistered, crazy hands? Hey, I'm a, I'm a man, so <laughs> I'm going to withstand this. I'm going to pick another part of the robe that didn't melt to uh, anything to pick up just one of the sh- uh, uh, strong swords, I mean long swords, straight ones. <sighs> Say what? <laughs> uh, Got that, everybody? You've moved to a n- new part of the robe, and it begins... You feel... The weight of the sword underneath. Roll me. 47. Okay. You don't feel anything. Okay. So I'm going to take it and put that sword into the mannequin's hand. As you're putting it down, you can tell that wisps of smoke are coming up from your robe. But it just kind of sits there. Ah! The chair is getting very fed up with this trial and error business. Um, and really wants something to do. But I can't think what. <laughs> Um, All right, so how many other five pedestals with uh, breastplates or something? <laughs> there are six pedestals that have breastplates on them. Are there any ones that sort of match the crest helm? Two of them seem to be made out of chain. Nope. Two of them seem to be made out of metal plates. Okay. Two of them are made out of bone and wood. Nope. Okay. I'm going to pick one of them with my robe uh, that are the plate. The whimpering echoes through the chamber. Something's going on out there. We need to check on the thing. How about you try a different thing and see if he does not whimper? Okay, I'm going to put that down and go over to the chain mail and try to pick up that one. Is there whimpering? 
it doesn't seem to be timed with any of your actions. No. It's just happening. You guys! Yes. We are wasting time. All right. We then. can't just keep trying every single thing in this room and seeing if it's the right one. We have to think about this or do something or smash through the wall. Something. I'm sick of this. All right. Tell us what to do. Okay. Does my danger sense notice any traps or anything? Like any booby traps in this room? You have no sense. Nothing is jangling. Okay. I don't know. It feels like it feels like we are missing a really important part of this riddle because we're just trying random things and it's not working. Is there a honey in the room? There is no honey in the room. There are swords in the room. The whimpering sounds again. <laughs> he really misses you. Oh. <laughs> no, there is something else going on here. There is something I am going else. to now pick up the chain, one of the chain mail. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there's no other suggestions and using your robe yeah using my robe okay. roll me a percentile roll Ooh. what is that a well, 19 seems, seems like oh, the yeah. lower you roll the better off it goes the cloth begins sizzling immediately okay I drop the dexterity saving throw that's a, a 12 uh, that's a miss, and so go ahead and roll me 2d4. Five. You take five points of damage. Now your hands, the, the blisters have split open. <sighs> Tira, in a, not, not in a actual rage, but out of frustration and rage, I'm going to pull out my axe, and I'm going to hit the mannequin. Okay, the mannequin is made out of stone. Oh. The mannequin is? The mannequin is made out of stone. You're welcome to hit it. I'm going to hit it. Okay. Uh, roll me a an attack roll. Yeah. You might be going into a rage here. Yeah, no joke. I have a feeling that hitting the mannequin is not what was you. I don't care. <laughs> 19 plus whatever. Your sword hits. Sparks go flying. You are actually thrown backward from something. And you land on the floor with a poof right in between a couple of pedestals. And sparks are just flying. Uh, but after a moment, it all dies down and the mannequin stands there unscathed. Sparks are flying from what? The mannequin? From you hitting the mannequin. So they're flying from me or they're flying from the mannequin? Your axe created sparks oh. when it struck the mannequin. Got it. Yep. And Bernard is whimpering still. I'm going to like throw some food through the aperture to Bernard. Okay. You go over there. What food do you have? I have some rations still. I'm just gonna throw like a biscuit or something out there. Okay. Uh, See what that. Does. You're gonna have to get down and like push it through because it's it's a thick wall. Yeah. You get down there to push, and as you look through, you see Bernard's wet nose at the far end of this aperture. But then when he smells food, he gets excited and kind of dances around and moves out of the way, and you can see the statue. Uh huh. Wait, what is the statue wearing? <laughs> from from where you stand. <laughs> What? <laughs> it took us this long. <laughs> it was so simple. Oh. You're, you're kind of moving your head around to try and see every aspect of it. From its regal bearing, the statue seems to represent a king. Mm -hmm. What kind of <laughs> what? What, helmet, sword, breastplate, man brace, let, let and me, greaves let me explain are you wearing? <laughs> The great stone eyes stare unblinkingly through the supporting pillars to the south from beneath a flat-topped helm. <laughs> but there are two flat-topped helms. 
The un- oh, there's more. <laughs> the unblinking eyes. Uh, uh, one hand points an elegantly curved blade in the same direction, while the other rests on the breastplate, an interesting sort that seems to represent a mix of pieces made of bone and wood. The muscular arms are covered with simple bracers. The artist must have been quite skilled because they even include the delicate detail of rawhide strings to lace them up. The statue's warlike appearance is completed by the powerful stance as its two legs bestride a fallen warrior. The squared off... <laughs> <laughs> Meredith is Meredith is going into a rage. <laughs> I stopped listening about 90 seconds ago. <laughs> I'm just going to copy and paste that onto the mannequin. <laughs> the squared off greaves and heavy sandals decorated in an animal motif ready to crush the vanquished foe. Yeah, it's going to kind of take a mental snapshot, and I'm going to find all the pieces of armor in the room that look like that. I'm going to carry them over to the mannequin. With you them. know it's not that easy. You're going to have to actually tell him which ones you're going to pick up. You can just say, oh, yeah, I uh, take all the ones that are on the, st- on the mannequin or on the statue and put them on the mannequin. The bone and wood mantle, uh, I mean, uh, I'm going obviously. to pick up okay. a flat top helmet and a curved sword and uh, a okay. bone and wood breastplate. There's more than one of each of them. I know. Yeah, everything that was described on the statue, there are two of. Ooh. So you're going to have to uh, do some stuff. But because, Peter, you have seen the details on the statue, you can do an investigation check instead and try and decipher which one is the right one. Also, while I'm looking out, I'm going to say, hey, guys, come take a look at this. And then I just get up and I meander over to start looking closely at the pieces of armor. Okay, where are you going to start? Which one? I'm going to start with the helmet. All right. You're looking at which helmets? Flat top helmets. Uh, If one of you wants to go over and take a look, you can while he's wandering through the room. He seems to have a little more purpose. He's not told you what in the world is going on. Have a look at what? And I go over and look through the hole. Okay, you see the same thing. You see the hyena kind of dancing around, uh, he still hasn't gotten his food. Oh, by the way, put the biscuit through the hole. (laughs) Oh, I see the biscuit! (laughs) (laughs) And so you're able to, if you want to help him, basically he'll get advantage on his rolls. You're seeing the details, and you're kind of corroborating what he's seen. All right, so I poke a finger, I guess, through there and get the stinking biscuit out of the way. (laughs) It falls out the other side. (laughs) Okay. Wait, the statue out here? You've got to be kidding me. I know. That's what we're trying to do? Yeah. I looked down at my hand, sadly. All right. So, wait. which are, You're going for a helmet? Yeah, flat top. All right. What do I notice on there that would be helpful? You pick out some details, and as you call them back, Peter, go ahead and roll. With advantage. With advantage. Yeah. And it's a DC of 12. Investigation, correct? Yes. I like this sound. Peter loses. I'm going to use my inspiration. You have inspiration? Yeah, yeah from, last, from last time. That's a bit better. Peter uh, wins. That's <laughs> <laughs> a mod 20. Okay. Uh, Peter, you using Tira's guidance, uh, maybe it's a, a certain crest on the front of the helmet or something, but you are able to pick the right one. What are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> they look very busy and very... Uh, like, like they have a very specific task in mind, and you're just kind of left... I'm digging in my nose. Nursing your hands. <laughs> yeah, be careful putting anything up your nose right now. <laughs> you might might transfer some of this caustic material. Ew. All right, so Thane, or Peter, 
you are able to find the right helmet Yay. and you go over and put it on and it just seems to sit a little more squarely on the head. Oh well, yeah, because it's kind of flat and all that stuff. Oh goodness. Okay, what's the next piece of armor? Uh, Yeah, let's go with bone and wood. The breast The breastplate? Yeah. Yes. How's about I'm going to trade places with Tira and let her do the role of advantage? Peter, you take up a position and call back to Tira, who is doing the searching now. 14. Okay. After a little longer, you pick the right one and you sit it on there and it sits very naturally on the shoulders. Next piece. Hey, one more bash. Come take a look at this. <laughs> You're not going to get double advantage. <laughs> no, come on. He His hands are a mess. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's digging in his nose. Um, I see a curved sword. Yeah, which which one of these uh, do you think it, it's going to be? That one. <laughs> it's that one? It's that one right there. And I go to the one he's pointing at. But you don't know because you haven't looked outside. No, I did. Oh, okay. I, I said I see a curved one. I looked out the I see. The I see. I didn't realize you had moved over. Okay, yeah. so yeah, looking out, you have two curved swords. So you can continue to do investigation checks. I guess so. Well, it's like the last detail that Wamberbash calls out <laughs> is the one that you need. And so you pick the yeah. right one and it sits very securely in the hand of the mannequin. All right. Wasn't there, was there anything else? That was it, right? Yeah, no, no. He's got feet set, feet things as well as uh, bracers. Oh, the bracers. Yeah. Bracers, greaves for the shins oh, yeah. and sandals. Well, the bracers have leather on them, don't they? That's the way they were described. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm looking around at the... Are there, do I see the ones that have leather yeah. thongs on them? Go ahead them? and roll for your investigation check. 18. Good. You pick the right one. They rest comfortably on the forearms. Why don't you go for the greaves now? All right. We're getting there, finally. 10. So you failed the check. Did I fail it? Yes. You oh, rolled you 10. Roll 2d4. Oh, dear. Four, seven. Take seven (laughs) points of damage. Your hands are immediately blistered. So I'm going to go grab the other sword and put it into the hand. Okay, you're you're like carrying the board, the um, the curved sword. Yeah. Or you're going for the bracers. No, she already put those on. It's going for the greaves. Oh, greaves. Yeah, Yeah. I grab the. So you like pick pick them up with in between your wrists because your hands are now pus is running down your hands. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna grin and bear it. (laughs) I'm just going to grab them and put it on. At this point, nerve endings are all dead. All right, so that leaves the sandals. Back to Peter. Yeah, just uh, give me a roll. Peter wins. Natural 20. Nat 20. (laughs) Okay. What is this? A pile of gold coins under it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You take the sandals and you put them onto the feet of the mannequin. And as you arrange the last pieces... The letters around the room flare brightly, and as the light begins to fade, you can see the armor on the mannequin glimmering softly in the returning gloom of the room as it all disappears and reappears on the stands from which you took each piece. And at the far side of the room, the door slides open. Finally! Revealing a passageway beyond. Tira takes off through it. Pounding up the stairs, you get up. Peter's hard on her heels. You come to another closed stone door. Ugh! There's a significant pause when you get there, and from within comes the sound after about a minute. There's the sound of shifting stone and whirring gears. Then, after a moment, the door where you stand rises with a grating sound. Ugh, we need to get in there. He's getting away. 
And I think that's where we're going to end this episode. <laughs> oh, man. No kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't do any more riddles tonight. My brain is fried. <laughs> that uh, As fried as your hands. <laughs> you know, fried as Bash's hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that first room took a lot longer than I thought it was going to. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's our fault. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I blame them because no one would listen to me when I kept saying, quit with you the trial could, and error business. We need to figure out something. I have a you motto. Could have you don't come with a problem. You come with a solution. My solution was, let's think about the riddle a little bit more. Ash is not a thinker. Neither is Tira, really, but the trial and error wasn't working, and she was getting irritated. <laughs> All right, so let's talk experience. I think you're going to get two experience points each for cracking that room. And let's talk Norse battle. Oh, grief. <laughs> um, Peter, definitely, for... Uh finally figuring things out and like looking through the keyhole. Yeah, that was really the key. Or all yeah. the other things. Why don't you take two for that, Peter? Gladly. I think Tira for actually being in character. Good, yep. You know uh, I mean? was, that, was that Tira or Meredith? Well, in character? Yeah. Actually, you're right. No, we no, were no one, experience. We were was... one of the same for this episode. <laughs> Why don't you take one? <laughs> okay, so Peter gets two points for giving the dog a biscuit. And I get one point and for actually trying to take some action. And discovering the But he thing. discovered the, the way to figure out the room. I think, I think um, Bernard should get um, some inspiration or something. <laughs> <laughs> he will last one minute past dawn. Yay! <laughs> All right. Before he turns back into a pumpkin. <laughs> okay. Any other recommendations? Oh, no. All right. So let's get that recap. All right. Tira is now 40 points into level 7. Good. Walmer Bash is 42 points into level 7. All right. Good to Greyhawk is 38 points into level 7. Okay. You're making progress. You got through the first room. And uh, apparently just three more to go. <laughs> oh, man. Thane said, meanwhile, Kabir has fled the country. <laughs> <laughs> apparently this was a challenging first room. It wasn't supposed to be quite that challenging. <laughs> this is the first one. I can't wait to see what the next ones are. We're never going to get out of here. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what waits in store. But thanks for being with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll enjoy the rest of the puzzles that they will face as they make their way to the top of this pyramid. So join us again next time right here at Stack of Dice. Uh, Baby's in the bathroom. Yeah, but has she been fed? I just I fed her just now when Good. I when I locked her away. That's gotta stay in the recording. The baby's in the bathroom. <laughs> I locked her away. No context. <laughs> we're like, call child services <laughs> on who? <laughs> Whatever they are and wherever they are. Stack of dice. <laughs> yeah, stack yeah. of dice. <laughs> oh, I need some chili.